And welcome back in Stripe Show Podcast on a Friday. Happy hour. Hope you're uh, hope you've had a great week. It's Friday afternoon. We help you bring in the weekend here, all things golf as uh, we enter one of my favorite times of the year, the fall season. We got a little hint of it here in Florida about two days ago, a nor'easter came down through here and cooled it up to uh, 91. Humid. That's the way it goes. Here we get one more hot streak and then uh, fall. We'll be here in October, but I see cooler weather across the United States. Time to enjoy it, play some golf. I'm here to help you with it. Here to talk about it with, well, the one and only happy hour on a Friday, Samantha Marks. How you doing? Travis, we're doing good. I am sipping a coffee this <laughs> afternoon. It's been it's been a day, so we're going to – maybe that means I need to grab the wine sooner. I don't well, know. I was going to say, perhaps, you know, we just need to, to pour the glass a little bit uh, sooner. We're going to have those days. Speaking of coffee, I've got one myself. I'm, You know, I'm on this iced coffee, almond milk with a pump of pumpkin. I like that. Okay. I like that as well. I'm on the iced coffee with oat milk is the new thing. Oat milk. And oat milk and, uh, and vanilla. So I don't know. The guy at Barney's told me it was the new thing that I had to get if I wanted to be trendy. And well, we want to be trendy. So <laughs> we got the oat milk and it does taste a little bit like Quaker Oats, but it is what it is. You ever heard of uh, ranch water? I have. You know, they have that in cans in Texas. Like they make it as an actual drink. I had no idea. Will Zalatoris, uh, I asked him his favorite drink. He said ranch water. I said, what the hell is that? And yep, it's, uh, it's it, a real thing. It is in Texas, apparently. And well, that's his go-to. He's uh, He did a great job. Really a big fan of Will. He was on the podcast uh, on Wednesday. Go check it out. Uh, a real up-and-comer on the PGA Tour. 76th in the world right now. Just to give you an idea how deep Things are on the PGA Tour. We're going to get to uh, the tournament that's happening right now. The Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship down in the Dominican Republic. He's down there. But just to give you an idea how deep golf is, Will Zalatoris is the 76th ranked player in the world, and he doesn't have status on the PGA Tour. I mean, that is incredible. Finished T6 at the U.S. Open, kind enough to come on and talk to us about how difficult Wingfoot was. Really interesting stuff that he shared with us and uh, – He's down there uh, on a uh, sponsor invite. I don't think he had to use it, though, with the T6. So I think he got in, but he's hoping for a few more as he's got a four um, four starts on the PGA Tour that he's earned through the Corn Ferry Tour. So we'll see if he can get back out there. But uh, he was a good kid. I really enjoyed that conversation. Did you uh, catch any of it? I did. I thought it was great. I think he um starting to warm up a little bit to, you know, He's starting to catch his catch his footing on the Corn Ferry Tour, starting to warm up a little bit to the media. And I will tell you, though, that's something that people on Twitter were, I wouldn't say upset about, but a little bit um, scratching their heads at his non-promotion, kind of. Mm. You know how you have to win a certain number of Corn Ferry Tour events in order to get into the PGA Tour on like an immediate exemption. And right. even with his T6 finish, he's... Uh, Still, still back at the Corn Ferry Tour. So some people definitely calling for a um, a change there, or at least a examination into that rule. Especially, I mean, you look at how good he's played this year. Um, but you know, like Mike Wan said at the LPGA, like you can't give special exemptions to one time things. So we'll see if that if that gets um, looked at. 
Yeah, he went out uh, in Colorado, TBC Colorado Championship at Heron Lakes. That's his one win this year on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's got 10 top 10 finishes. He's played very consistent. He's got the modern game. Um, he's long, about 315 off the tee, great iron player, putts like Webb Simpson. He's, um, you're going to see him. He, he's going to make it out there. Um, of course, the, the Corn Ferry Tour is a wraparound now, so they don't get the exemptions into the PGA Tour. They're just going to keep playing right here through the calendar year and then pick it back up again in 2021. And then that's when they'll earn their card to the PGA Tour. There's some... You know, the tour has, I think, four weeks where there's two events, right? You have the big event mm -hmm. and then you have a smaller event. So those four weeks, he gets to play. Um, and, and those, what are they called? Like opposite field events? Yeah, or opposite like field that? events. Yeah. That's it. Yep. So he gets those four. Um, and then I think he'll get some exemptions also, um, or uh, excuse me, some sponsorships here in the fall series. I can see some of these tournaments trying to get him there and giving him um, you know, a, a sponsorship to come in and play. So we'll keep an eye on him. Um, but he's uh, right on the cut line today. Needs, needs a couple birdies this afternoon. I told him on the podcast, I was like, you know, you are the favorite in DraftKings, right? And he just, <laughs> and he just paused and didn't say anything. And I was like, you still there? Will? way to he, go. Way <laughs> to get in his head, Travis. Come on. So who's leading right now? Corrales Punta Cana resort and club championship. Do you have the leaderboard? I sure do. We have um, just a just a uh, spark show, firework of the field here. We've got Hudson Swafford, shot 65, 67, leads at 12 under. He's finished for the day. Sean O'Hare in second place. Haven't heard that name in wow. a minute. Shot 67, 67, just off the lead, two off the lead. And then we've got uh, Ty for third, Kelly Craft, Sam Burns, Patrick Rogers, Tyler McCumber. So scores pretty low. Everybody's shooting around 65, 67 up at the top of the leaderboard. So um, I haven't watched a minute of it. I don't know about you, but um, it's interesting to me the different conversations, even on social media or lack thereof, I guess, with an event like this compared to last week. Yeah. Well, you know, this is the fall series and, um, you know, the tours, you can only have so much big, meaningful golf, right? And I think the tour and just golf in general has really loaded the schedule up for these guys. Um, I, I think as a fan, we all have to feel extremely fortunate how much we've seen the best players play um, this summer, you know, post COVID. And, um, you know, as they flip the schedule now into the 2021, of course, it kicked off with the Safeway, which was won by 47 year old Stuart Sink. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the U S open moved back, but now you're going to get a run of tournaments that are, you know, kind of, you know, the fields aren't going to be great. It's a glorified corn fairy tour event really, um, at the end of the day, um, you're going to have a lot of young players that, um, are trying to cut their teeth, um, like, a Will Zalatoris. And then you're going to have some experienced players who've struggled from time to time through their career, trying to find some momentum like a Sean O'Hare. So, um, it'll be interesting, um, to see how these events do. They're not going to be as watched as the big events, but I find them interesting to some degree as you start looking at the next crop of players and um, who can be trending a little bit into the next calendar year. After this, they go to Sanderson Farms, which um, is the country club of Jackson. It's in Mississippi. And then they go to the Shriners, which is a great event, the Shriners Hospital for Children Open at TPC Summerlin, which is out in Las Vegas. 
And then you got two good events that I'm that I'm really looking forward to: the CJ Cup um, at mm-hmm. Shadow Creek now, and then the Zozo Championship, which is going to be at Sherwood Country Club. And of course, Tiger just committed to that, and he knows a thing or two about that golf course. So, um, you know, so we've got a little bit of meaningful golf there in October, I believe, and then of course November. There's a little tournament called the Masters um, that's going to be happening. So we've got some things to look forward to, Samantha. It's not uh, it's not doom and gloom. The NFL's going. The Seahawks are two and zero, so I feel pretty good. For sure, I do too. I think that um, most people maybe got a little used to, you know, seeing all those players, the big players, play for so many weeks in a row or consistently, even over. Um, the COVID-19 break from most sports. We got used to kind of seeing golf all the time. And now this is kind of really the first weekend in a while where there hasn't been a big name on the leaderboard. Um, so it's it's a selfish fan thing, in my opinion. I understand people, you know, the players need time off and stuff. But we, we want to see... We want to see some good golf too. Not that you couldn't see it if you didn't turn on the Corrales, but um, we love the big names, so... <laughs> Did you, oh, yeah. um, I was going to ask you, did you see Payne's Valley, the event on Golf Channel on Tuesday? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't get over all the photos on Twitter and on Instagram. It looks incredible. Yeah, it really does. I mean, it's just, it's spectacular. Uh, Johnny Morris is the guy that's behind all this. Johnny Morris owns Bass Pro Shop. He started it, as I understand, out of his garage um, there in in Missouri, in the Ozarks. I actually met Johnny Morris years ago when I was running the PGA Tour Academies. And um, a guy that was helping him get into the golf space at the time, this was probably 15 years ago, he wanted, he was looking at doing an academy at the top of the rock, which is his par three course, which is just spectacular as well. And they were looking at the Tour Academy. So he actually flew in on his jet that morning, came in, I got to meet him. Uh, in between lessons. And then about two days later, I got a handwritten note from Bass Pro Shop from Johnny Morris thanking me for my time and this and that. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, you know, you, 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 you hang around guys like that and, and it doesn't take long to, to figure out, you know, why they're so successful. Obviously he's a very good businessman, but I mean, just a terrific people person as well. And um, has a vision, knows what he wants. And, and I'll tell you what, the game of golf, goodness gracious, has benefited incredibly well from Johnny Morris and his vision and what he's built there at Big Cedar Lodge. Um, I got to go. I got to tell you, I've been wanting oh, to, go. to go. Yeah, I've been wanting to go. And now I saw that course and I saw those big fairways and, you know, I saw that uh, the routing there in the Ozarks and the 19th mm-hmm. hole. And I mean, I'm going, I think, next spring to play that one, Buffalo Ridge. Um, and then also the top of the rock, I believe there's four courses now and they all just look a plus. Yeah. Well, if we need to make it like a company meeting kind of thing, definitely let me know if it needs to be like a, like a retreat for the good of the company. Really, Travis, you could look at it that way. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I would love to, uh, (laughs) turn this into a company event, so I'm going to work on that. And we're going to, um, we're going to, we're going to go to the Ozarks and, um, and, uh, and, and definitely play some golf there because that place looks out of this world. One of the things that he has there is he has, um, Arnie's barn and, um, he actually went up and met Arnold Palmer when, of course, when he was alive in Latrobe and he has a barn there in Latrobe. And I don't know how the story went down, but 
in the end, um, Johnny got rights to this barn to bring Arnie's stuff to Big Cedar Lodge and rebuild it there. So it's always going to live there. And of course, you know, cherish Arnold Palmer and, and all of these wonderful clubs and um, souvenirs and antiques and things that um, define Arnold Palmer's life. So he actually has, he rebuilt Arnie's barn um, right there at Big Cedar Lodge. I don't know exactly where it is on what part of the property it's on, but um, he took that, rebuild it. And I guess it's just spectacular. And, and I bring that up because today is uh, four years, uh, four years ago when Arnold Palmer passed away. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. It is. Um, I just happened to look in, you know, this golf research manual and it does not seem like it was that long ago. I don't know about you. Um, 2016. Yeah. Age 87. Um, I remember that day like it was. Yeah. Like it was yesterday. Does it feel like it's been four years to you or is that just me? You know, it, it doesn't. Um, I remember where I was as well, flying back, uh, sitting in the airport and um, yeah, it just it feels doesn't feel that long ago, you know, that the King, uh, mm-hmm. passed away, um, you know, just absolute icon in the sport. And, um, you know, as I, as I think about Arnold Palmer, I think about, I met him one time, uh, at his tournament down in Bay Hill. It was a, uh, Tuesday event and it was over at Isleworth and he was over there MasterCard, who of course sponsors the tournament, they had all their people over there and I was hired to do some instructional things. And it was probably a solid, you know, two and a half, three hours here on the putting green. And Arnold um, was standing on the green. This is, you know, he was getting later in life, right? And he was starting to slow down a little bit and he was on the green and there were, as you can imagine, you know, 150 people or so all just wanting to shake the King's hand and get two seconds. And, and by golly, he stood right there and he gave everybody their time and their picture and genuinely, you know, shook their hand, took a picture, signed autographs, talked to them. And mm-hmm. I, and I was right there on the putting green. I just watched the whole thing, you know, in between helping people with their putting. And I was like, you know, wow. I mean, that's, that's amazing. You know, he, he's still late in life. Um, I'm sure fatigue from the day's activity. This was later in the day and he just stood right there. And, and I'm telling you, he was darn near the last one off the putting green. It was, uh, it was amazing to watch. And uh, I got my picture with him at the end. I was not going to ask, but they insisted and I'm sure enough, he, he stood right there and signed something for me and off we went. So it was, it was really cool. I love that event. 
uh, down there, Bay Hill and, and that golf course. Um, and I'll actually be heading down there, believe it or not. The segues are just right in they line. Really, they really are right today. Now. The segues. I will, I will say I met him as well. Um, we used to, my high school, we used to play matches there at Bay Hill on that little nine hole course at Bay Hill. And, um, I remember the same thing, like you were saying, he was very well known for taking time, um, to talk to people and get to know people, meet people. Like you said, maybe when he wasn't feeling that great or wasn't, you know, it was a long day and that's kind of how it was when my team met him. But I remember, oh my God, I had to have been like 14 or something. And he just sat there and was talking to all of us about junior golf and, it was just a really cool experience. Um, but I think that that's something that people admired him so much for was his people skills yeah. for lack of a better term. Um, but you're coming down to Bay Hill. Yeah. And one last thing with Arnie, you know, I always thought even when Arnie was alive and I, and I think about it now, you know, there's, there's people who can exist in every environment. You know, like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what the environment is. It doesn't matter what the temperature is. It doesn't matter what the status is. Arnie could be in that environment and, and make it all good. You know, like mm-hmm. he was never above anyone. He was never below anyone. He, he, and of course, if anything, he was always going to be above. He was Arnold Palmer. Right. He's the king. Right. But you never felt that way. And you never felt that way. You never right. felt that way. He made it, he made the environment cool. He made it, um, approachable. He made it comfortable for everybody. And it doesn't matter if he was standing there with the president of the United States, or if he was standing there with 150 people at a corporate event for MasterCard, it didn't matter if he was standing there with high school golfers talking about high school golf. He just existed and made it all right. He made it all good. And uh, I just think that's a big, I think that's one of the best traits that you can have. Oh, that's what I was about to say. I'd much rather be known for that. Obviously he had an extremely decorated career. We know that, but I think nowadays people would much rather be known for, you know, the kind of person you are. And that was so evident in his life, which just was really cool since he was a guy of incredible, um, you know, like popularity in golf. So, um, I think that was really cool. Yeah. I think, you know, I look at, um, top of the rock there in Haynes Valley and, Johnny Morris had, you know, Jack Nicholas out there and, and Gary player, you know, they were out there for the ceremonies with tiger. I mean, this is the kind of, this is the kind of pull that Johnny Morris has. I mean, he's, yeah. I mean, he is making it happen. Right. And, and you know, darn well, Arnold Palmer would have been there too. And I just think back, I just think about how much Jack thinks about Arnie, you know, because those guys became very close and how much Gary player thinks about Arnie. Um, I just, you know, a guy like that, you know, I think you think about a lot, you know, when you're that close to him and, and what he meant to the game and what he meant to people. And I'm looking at his major championships right now. He won the Masters four times, 1958, 1960, 62, 64. And then he won the U.S. Open in 1960. And then he won the Open Championship in 1961 Crazy. and uh, 62. So seven major championships. Um, but, you know, his his uh existence of the game goes well beyond that is indeed down in bay hill i have some friends playing today i couldn't make it but i am heading down tomorrow morning early to meet them at lake nona speaking of isleworth lake nona the sister property and i gotta tell you sam my favorite golf course in the state of florida is it really? That's a that's a really hot take there. I like it as well. Um, but it's your favorite. It is really I love it. Absolutely love it. It's just 
I love the layout. I think it's fun. It's always in perfect shape. And I just, I love the atmosphere, the energy of the place. I, I just think it's, um, I don't know. I, I, I've played it probably six times. And every time I walk off there, just loving my experience in the golf course and um, in the whole bit. So I'm meeting some friends. They call it the Varsity Cup is the name of it. Oh, and, it's got a name uh, oh, and yeah. everything. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I played in all three days, three years ago, and almost didn't survive. Um, <laughs> so I was like, you know, I think I'm going to come down just for the last day. And um, so these guys, they are characters from everywhere, all mm -hmm. walks of life. And uh, they play Lake Nona on the first day. They play Bay Hill the second day, which is today. And then they play Lake Nona again on the third day. So they do this big team event for three days. There's four teams of four, 16 guys. And then you've got some stragglers like me that'll show up on the last day and we'll play in the day activities, the skins game and things like that. So they go pretty hard. They have fun. They love the game. And uh, there's not much sleep, so I'm sure there'll be. Um, I'll be showing up with uh, some iced coffee and donuts in the morning. <laughs> I love that. That sounds really fun. Um, I am doing a little trip myself next week. We've um, we talk a lot of golf, but we don't play <laughs> as much as maybe we should, right? That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited. I haven't I haven't played in probably a month. I went out and hit balls the other day. Oof! It was a little. It was a little rough. Yeah. But um. I'm going up. I have a friend who's moving to Nashville. Told her that I'd drive up with her um, if we could play some golf along the way. So okay. we're going to stop at Peachtree in Atlanta. Um, and then we're playing. Have you heard of this new golf course called Macklemore? Hmm. I don't think I have. Okay. Well, look it up when you have a minute okay. it's called it's called the golf course above the clouds um so they basically it's like 30 minutes from chattanooga so it's kind of on the way to um to nashville they basically blew up the side of a mountain and built a golf course in it um it's on pigeon mountain at lookout mountain georgia so it's insane like i look up their website and i just like stare at it these golf holes look incredible um, you're like right even with the clouds and ah, I'm so excited. It was the, it's brand new. It's less than a year old. Um, so really excited to spend a couple days there. And then we're playing Sweetens Cove, the very famous Sweetens Cove. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Troubadour in Nashville. So it should be, should be a fun week. I don't ever really get to play like famous courses like that. So so I'm really excited. I see it. It's M-C-L-E-M-O-R-E. -E. Yep. It's, it's how cool does that look? It looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. And I have, um, a very soft spot for like cool views. So especially on a golf course, yeah, so this, I'm uh, really excited. This hole that I'm looking at right now is a dog leg left. And literally there is a cliff. I mean, if you fall off that cliff. Yeah. So if you don't hear from me, um, it's unbelievable. It's I went after my ball that is definitely going to be difficult. <laughs> don't go left on this hole. I'm going to go left. I just <laughs> promise you I won't go looking for my ball. That sounds good. You know, we don't play a lot, right? I mean, it's, it's, yeah. people think, oh, you're in the golf business. You know, you're a, a teacher and like you're a plus three. Like, uh, no, I'm not. Um, yeah. I'm actually probably more like a two handicap more than anything else. Um, and handicap is probably going up. So when I go down to this event, they're like, well, you'll just play a scratch. I'm like, what? <laughs> 
Like, why would I play a scratch? I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna occasional, I'm gonna throw a one or two under in there once in a while, but I'm gonna, every time. I'm gonna yeah. go two or three over too as much, mm-hmm. maybe four or five. I don't know. So it's like it's BS that I have to play as a scratch <laughs> just because I'm a teaching pro, which is a big difference than a playing pro. And so anyway, I'll. I'll I've already started the text chain and, and kind of been bargaining to come in as a two um, at the, you know, at the most. It's always good when you have to defend your poor play. <laughs> I always feel that way as well. People are like, oh, well, you played in college. I'm like, well, check the check the calendar. That was years ago. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You know, it's so funny, um, especially my parents. My parents still think that I could go out and shoot 10 under any day. I'm like, all right, y'all need a little bring it back down to earth here. Yeah. It's funny. Like sometimes um, when I do corporate events, like you'll go play and like you have a, you're going to hit a shot for a group or play a couple holes with them. And, you know, I used to do a lot of that for the tour and it was like, it, it almost, it always felt like feast or famine. Like sometimes I would, I would either play exceptionally well or snap hook it off the tee. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I mean, and then you're just, people are looking at yeah. you like he does what? Yeah. And, and I remember like one time I was, I was rolling at TPC, uh, Potomac and I was like three under through five or something. And this group's like, why, why don't you play? I'm like, play what? Or like play golf. Like I am playing golf. No, play professional <laughs> golf. Like, oh no, no. Like I'm, I'm not good enough for that. Well, you sure seem good enough. Yeah. Just look, I'm going to give a couple back probably. Right. And, but trust me, three under through five, you just kind of want to leave it at that. You know, Hey, I'm going to go to the next group. See you guys later. Yeah. No kidding. And then like the next group, you know, Jack went out and make double. And then in that one whole sample size, they think you're a chop. Right. And they're like, why would I do what you just told me to do on the range? So it's, it's an interesting dynamic when you do things like that. Um, You know, you always have to feel like, cause they don't know a lot of, some of them don't know any different. They, they think that, you are Hudson Swafford and, you know, Sean O'Hare. <laughs> like that's Yeah, well most yeah, most, you know, weekend-ish golfers see you hit, you know, five or six shots in a row on the range and they're like, well, Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. I'm like I'm no one. I play once a month, but I can do that about once every 10 times. You know, like that's yeah. that's that's the difference. <laughs> Some people just don't see that. I think it's so funny. It is. Um speaking of weekend golf um some people had some questions for you on twitter okay um as far as just little tips getting them prepared for the week i'm going up to nashville with my dear friend alexandra o'loughlin and she replied and wants to know a good drill to work on three to five foot putts um my smart ass told her to just hit a bunch of three and five foot putts um anything else well, you know, I'm a fan when you do like between three and five foot putts is to go around the world one ball at a time. So what happens oftentimes is like, okay, so on a three footer, we'll throw three balls down and hit three consecutive three footers straight up the hill, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of that, hit one straight up the hill and then move over right to left three footer and then come down the hill three footer and then left to right three footer. So you're, you're working yourself around from three feet in the four corners and you just keep going one at a time. 
Like that would be more productive and keeping the mind working and, and changing it up a little more random practice and see how many you can do in a row and then, you know, do it from four feet, but make the angle slightly different and then do it from five feet and make the angle slightly different as you work yourself around. So I kind of like that um, in, um, in working out and, and you can even chart it. So like from three feet, how many times did you miss before you got to 10? So were you 10 for 12? Were you 10 for 15? And then do it from four feet. Were you 10 gotcha. for 14? And then do it from five feet and then write it down. And then the next day do it again. You know, so it's kind of a, a way to kind of benchmark against yourself too. I was having a conversation with, um, actually, ironically enough, Ryan Ballingy of Golf News Net, who we're going to have on the podcast on Monday. Um, looking forward to that. But we were talking about tournament golf and how a lot of the times you get over those three to five foot putts that maybe you don't hit on the weekends. Um, and all of a sudden you have to hit them and you have to make them. And it's just this kind of added pressure. Um, so I think that's kind of where Alexandra's question comes in as well. I mean, I don't hit a lot of three to five right. foot putts on the course. I'm picking up and moving on. Um, but maybe that's the problem as well. Um, so one other question we had was playing in the wind tips to play in the wind. Well, I, I think when you play into the wind, I mean, the first thing you have to understand about with the wind is in, in particularly into the wind. That's the issue, right? Most of the time, like this says, this question says every hole was different wind direction. Okay. So, you know, I like when I'm playing into the wind, I like to be able to flight the ball down. And I think like that on the surface seems simple, but I think for most amateur golfers, they have a hard time hitting that lower trajectory slash off speed shot. Right. So it's like, mm -hmm. I'm in between a nine and an eight. Most of the time you're going to see this explosive nine that goes way up in the air, um, high launch, because the shaft is leaning back. And what I think the more skilled ball strikers do is they're able to lean the shaft forward. And I like taking the eight iron in that situation, swinging three quarters and creating this shaft lean, this three quarter knockdown finish, flighting the ball down. Because mm -hmm. when I do that, then the wind, um, it's got a better chance, right? As soon as I launch it way up in the air, well, then that wind has more of an opportunity to, to affect it. So I think this three-quarter lower trajectory knockdown shot is a shot that players need, in particularly with wedges, nine iron, and eight iron. And I was on the course yesterday, and you posted one of her um, short game shots, mm -hmm. and um, we were working on that shot. We had a lot of wind here, and we were working on this partial shot, and we really were working on the wedges. She says, well, can I do this? Can I do that with other clubs? And I was like, sure. So we get up there and we're in between uh, an eight and a nine, same thing. And she goes, well, I'm just going to take the eight and hit it. And, and it came out lower penetrating and the wind barely affected it. And it was just this beautiful little trap draw. And she just had the biggest smile on her face. And she was like, well, why would I ever try to throw it up in the air? <laughs> and I was like, Exactly. Right. Exactly. Now this particular example, it was kind of into us a little bit from left to right. And she just hit this nice little trap draw in there. She's a good player, but uh, it was just awesome. It was just cool to see this little controlled shot. She knew she had enough club in her hands. And I just, I like that, you know, for amateurs in with, with wind and even, even crosswinds, even downwind, just, you don't have to throw it way up in the air, just control the trajectory and bringing it a down a notch, I think is good advice for most. 
Okay, two more quick ones. Um, let's see. Um, not chunking chips around the green. All right, two things. One is don't lean the shaft too far forward. Okay, just slight forward shaft length. And then two is level out your shoulders. So in the full swing, we have spine tilt. We'll tilt to the right. In short game, feel like your spine is more neutral. Your shoulders are level. Slight weight left, slight shaft lean. Off you go. There we go. And then I lost the other one. Um, how far do you stand from the ball? I know that that's probably a very complex question. I think most stand too far um, okay. away. I, you know, a good checkpoint that I like is, you know, this isn't ideal, but like a hands width from, like if you just made a hands width mm -hmm. and you're my right the hand. End of the club. Yeah, the pinky was touching the butt of the club, the thumb touching my belt buckle, you know, somewhere in there. Um, you can take your trail hand off. If you took your setup, and you just took your trail hand off and let it hang there, it should return pretty close to where it came off. You know, if you're reaching for it, your hand's going to swing towards you. So um, I kind of like those. I think those are helpful and kind of gets you in the area of where you need to be. Well, we're set up for some good golf. Yes. And the next week, I feel like I've learned a lot um, in the last few minutes. How are you feeling for your round tomorrow? Well, I feel good. Um so I'm going to start my process right now of getting things put together. I'm notorious um, for getting things. So I'm going to start that now. And then my wife will check in the morning and, <laughs> and, and there'll usually be two or three things that I've forgotten. So I'm excited to play golf tomorrow down in Orlando. You have a safe trip on your way up to, where'd you say Nashville? Yeah. Just making our way up to Nashville, okay. Atlanta, Georgia, stuff like we that. We need to see some pictures from this uh, Macklemore. We are going to actually be vlogging it. Okay. So we will have a ton of recap material and we can talk about it all next week as well. That sounds really good. Excited. And then we have, who? Do we, so we have uh, on Monday, the podcast is Ryan Ballingy of Golf News Net. Right. Very funny guy on Twitter. Very knowledgeable man. Um, started Golf News Net on his own. Yeah. And now it's growing a lot this summer. So Great friend of mine, a uh, friend of the pod, as they say. So, yep. yeah, yeah, excited for that. That'll we're be good. lining up Wednesday as well. Yep, that'll be good. And then on Wednesday, we're looking at, uh, well, we've got a couple. We're not going to tell you who it is. So it's uh, it's going to be good here. The podcast, it'll keep rolling. I know golf's kind of like, okay, it's fizzling a little bit, some of these. But look, hey, we're going to keep it rolling here at Stripe Show Podcast. We appreciate you being with us on a happy hour with Samantha Marks. Have a good weekend and play some good golf. We'll see you on Monday.